Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian, and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast. For those of you new to the podcast, it's a chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. It can be their time as an assistant coach, a head coach, a college coach, a third grade coach, a CYO coach, just whatever game they consider to be their greatest game. A third grade coach. I like that. I always pay close attention to your intro, Chris. And I tell you what, that's just uh, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, we, we, again, we, we just, the theme continues here, Chris, we we make history. That's what at the greatest games, that's what we do. We make history every time we, we, we turn the mics on and today we are going to Georgia for the first time, bringing in our first guest from the state of Georgia. He just finished his first season at Jackson County High School. Ty Baumgartner, welcome to The Greatest Games. Appreciate it. Thank you Do it. The Peach State. But Brian had told me before you've coached in some other places as well. You've coached in North Carolina, I believe he said. I have. I have. I started um, – actually started my college or my coaching career in college – uh, I'm a, I'm a Kansas boy originally born and raised in the, in the, <clears throat> the Jayhawk state. And, are we, are we, a, are we a Jayhawker or are we a we are a Jayhawker. Okay. We are a Jayhawker. Yeah. I'll heed the fog. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. Tell you what, if you've never been to a game there, you need to get there. Unbelievable. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it is. It's an experience. It is. It is. I, I actually took my son back there, uh, this year to see his first game there. And he was, he was in awe, just in awe. So, but um, was a graduate assistant coach at Emporia State University uh, for two years uh, while getting my master's uh, there at Emporia State in, in Emporia, Kansas. And then um, from there, went to Elon University uh, up near Greensboro, North Carolina, and uh, was an assistant there for three years uh, for a guy named Mark Simons. Um, and then uh, left there, went back to Emporia State uh, as the head uh, assistant coach or the uh, top assistant coach there and was actually also, it was a dual position. Uh, I was the uh, NCAA compliance coordinator. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, <laughs> Sounds like fun. that was, uh, that was an experience. Let's just say, uh, leave it at that, but uh, it, it was good. Um, and then uh, was there a couple years and then uh, kind of got the itch to be a head coach and um, thought I was young enough that I would, uh, look at the high school level and if uh you know didn't didn't really like it after a couple of years I could still get back in the college game and so uh ended up in Charlotte and I've been a high school coach ever since um was at uh, Waddell High School uh, it was a brand new school that they had opened up in Charlotte and was there three years uh then left there and went to Olympic High School in Charlotte for uh, 10 years um and then uh, ventured down here to Georgia it was at Collins Hill High School. Um, Maya Moore, uh, the famous alum from Collins Hill High School, um, and then uh, was at Westwood High School uh, last year in uh, in, in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Big big rivals of uh, uh, Coach Rose uh, Rosefield right. School, Ridgeview. Right. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. We I tell you what, we had two hellacious games. Amazing. Uh, Yes, against each other. And uh, then um, kind of family, kind of had a, you know, family thing come, come up and um, kind of had to look in the mirror a little bit and see, uh, get my priorities, I guess, 
corrected and uh, needed to put my family first. And so I ended up uh, resigning from there and coming down here to, uh, to Georgia. And was actually going to take a year off uh, and just kind of travel around, see different coaches practice and things like that. And um, got a call in uh, mid-June uh, from a former assistant of mine who's an AD now at, at Jackson County High School and uh, said, hey, my coach just left. Um, this is a, you know, a different kind of job than you've ever had. Uh, and, and, um, we're, we haven't been very good, <laughs> but it, it's, uh, it's a job and if you want it, it's yours. And so, um, uh, I just finished my first year there at Jackson County high school. Yeah. So, awesome. Brian, yeah. We're, I'm going to ask Brian another trivia question. Don't answer this one, Ty. Right. Brian coach. Now I don't know Emporia, uh. but coach said he coached at Elon university. What's the mascot of Elon university? Is that the, they're the Phoenix, right? Oh, it's the first question I've ever gotten right, Todd. We're making history again. Unbelievable. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to add on to that. And when I was there, they were not the Phoenix. Uh Oh, Oh, wow. uh Oh, controversy. What do we have? What were they? They were the fighting Christians. Whoa. Yes. We, We were the Elon college fighting Christians. And then, uh, I think about two or three years after I left, then they transitioned to Elon University, Phoenix. Right. And who's the greatest coach in Elon University history, Brian Rosefield? Oh, the great Ernie Nestor. I mean, Ernie Nestor, coach. of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the like greatest said, assistant I, coach would be Ty Baumgartner. Greatest head oh, coach, without, Ernie yeah, Nestor. I mean, let's, let's just be clear. I do not know the, uh, the mascot of Emporia State. I do not. Uh, the Hornets. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chris, my my first experience with a, a Ty Baumgartner team and watching him coach was as a public address announcer at the Chick-fil-A Classic. Ty, I don't know if I've ever told you the story. If I have, I'll, I'll be able to get to hear it again. But I'm doing public address the Chick-fil-A Classic, watching Olympic High School just absolutely play their absolute tails off for this guy on the sideline. I can't remember who you play. You worked them out of the gym. And I would, I, from that point on, I'm like, wow, I'm paying attention to wherever this guy's got, this guy, guy gets to go. Got to meet you a couple of years later and had, obviously had to get you, get you to the Bojangles bash with Collins Hill and then stay in uh-huh. touch with you ever since. But yep. absolutely blown away by how hard you get your guys to play. And it happened to West when you're right. Oh my goodness. Like flies two epic matchups uh, <laughs> in, in, in Northeast Columbia. Unbelievable basketball. So I'm going to start there, Ty. Tell okay. me how you do it. I'm taking notes right now. How do you get your kids to play so freaking hard? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm an old school guy. Um, that's just the way I was uh, brought up and some of the coaches I played for. So, you know, I'm, I'm real demanding. And, um, you know, I think I think a lot of times, and I've heard this from different coaches that, um, you know, they think you can't teach toughness. And I, I don't agree with that. Uh, I think you can um, just by some of the demands you make on the kids, by how, you know, how you structure your practice, uh, by some of the drills you do. And, you know, I've always found if, if you're tough, you're going to play hard. They just, they just go hand in hand. And um, so – you know, I guess to answer your question, I guess I just, I, I just demand it. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're, you're going to play hard and you're going to play tough or you're not going to play. And um, I've been incredibly fortunate that uh, everywhere I've been, uh, I've, I've had kids that have bought into that. And, and, and I've had tough kids, uh, you know, from the get-go, which, which helps. You know, I mean, if, if you've got tough kids, 
getting them to play hard is not hard at all. <laughs> it's when you've got some kids that maybe are a little soft, uh, that, that don't like to work, uh, you know, then, then, then comes the challenge. Uh, but, um, man, you know, I, I, I appreciate that story. And, and I'm glad that we made that kind of impression on you the first time, because, you know, I, that's one thing I tell my guys all the time is win or lose the greatest compliment I can get from the opposing coach when we shake hands afterward is my God, your guys play hard and they're tough. Um, and so I, I, I appreciate that, Brian. And, and I think, I think we played spring Valley that game. Okay. I, I, if I remember, I'm, I'm not, I can't, you're asking me to date myself a little bit. Oh yeah. Well, it was in the small gym at, at Rich North yeah. East high school. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm not positive, but, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that, that was, that was a good experience. Coach, you talk about that toughness, and uh, man, that is the key. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, Bobby Knight said, "Mental toughness is to physical toughness as four is to one." So, talk about that developing that mental toughness as well as the physical toughness, and how and how that manifests itself. Well, and and I would agree with that a hundred percent. I mean, you know, being physically tough is is the easy, you know. The easiest of the two. Uh, when you can develop mental toughness, uh, boy, you, you got something. And um, you know, I think again, just goes back to you know challenging kids. Um, you know, not not playing mind games with them, but just challenging them and and putting them in uncomfortable positions. And and uh, you know, this is kind of a you know a coaching cliche here, but you know, getting them out of their comfort zone. <laughs> and um, you know, I think. I think you also have to practice uh, mental toughness situations. Um, you know, down so many, so many seconds to go, what are you going to do? Uh, and, and um, you know, there's some things that I do off the court as well that, that really challenge them mentally. Uh, one of the things that I started doing a few years back uh, was I, would, I required all of my guys to make a mile under six minutes or they wouldn't play. And um, I remember when I got to Westwood last year, holy cow, that, <laughs> those guys struggled. And, and I was shocked because, um, you know, all the years I was in Charlotte, I made, it a, I made it a habit to play South Carolina teams because, in my opinion, South Carolina teams were tough. They played hard, maybe weren't the best basketball players skill level wise, but, I mean, they were tough and played hard. I mean, they were, they, were, they were just tough country kids a lot of the times. And, um, and so when I got to Westwood and I said, all right, you know, for that first day we went out, I was like, we're going out to the track. And, you know, I didn't tell them what we were doing. And we ran a mile and I think one kid, maybe six, 10 or something like that. And so when we finished, I pulled them aside and I said, I said, boys, all right, I'm just going to let you know right now. This, this ain't cutting it. I said, and I'm also going to let you know, you are going to be required to make the mile under six minutes. And until you do, you will never put on a jersey. And, uh, boy, the next day we went out there, boy, they, they, I mean, they went at it, but only one of them made it. <laughs> and uh, it, it took us a while to get – I mean, actually, this, the season started, and I had two, two or three guys that didn't play the first couple of games because they hadn't made it yet. Uh, and my little stud point guard, which – you know, Brian can attest to this kid, uh, Russell Jones Jr. Uh, 
it, it took him up till the day before our game, our first game to get it. Um, and, and so that, you know, that is a mental toughness builder in my opinion, because it, it, it didn't have anything to do with their ability to make it. It was, they, they thought they couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so just different things like that, you know, to, to try to develop some mental toughness in them. You know, I used to coach cross country. I don't know if you knew that about me, Todd. I've never been a runner. And I tell you, it's just, I was fascinated by, I would tell kids to go out for, you know, an eight to nine mile run or 10 mile run or whatever. And they'd come back and say, all right, coach, like what's next? I'm like, whoa, you know, and it's just the (laughs) ultimate you versus you sport, you know, and just to piggyback on what you're saying, it's not the fact that those kids or any kid can't make it. That's in decent shape. They can't make a mile in under six minutes. It's just, what are they telling themselves about themselves? Well, I can't do that. Well, actually you can, your body's capable of way more than you think. Um, and so I just, I just, I I love that so much. And I remember, I remember hearing about that through the grapevine. I'm like, yep, that's Ty Baumgartner. I know those kids are going to play hard once they figure it out. Like he's not going to budge on it because that's, that's, that's who he is. And that's, and yeah. I, I love that so much. I love yeah. it so much. So, you know, so you've talked about coaching college. You've talked about coaching high school. What are some of the differences? And I guess maybe kind of the, the end question is like, what has you remaining in high school? What are, what, what are you getting out of coaching high school kids? You really get to mold them uh, at that age. You know, I think a lot of, not, not that you aren't doing that as well at the college level, but I mean, you're getting a little bit more of a finished product then. And, and whereas in high school, you know, when they walk in there as wide-eyed freshmen and you've got them for the next four years or however many years, um, you know, you really get to mold them. You really get to develop them. And I just loved that aspect of it. And I loved developing the, uh, the relationships with them. And, um, you know, I, I treat them all like they're my son. I tell them that. And, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be hard on you. Uh, when you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you, you're going to get your butt chewed out. And, um, but, but in the same token, when, when you are doing what I ask and, and, and doing things right, then I'm going to be right there behind you, patting you on the back, telling you I'm proud of you. So, you know, um, I don't know. I, I just, I just have really liked, uh, really liked the high school level. And, and like I said, I've been fortunate to have some, some good players and some good teams and it's, it's kept me here. Coach, you alluded to it a little bit early on uh, when we were talking about your resume, I think. Tell me about some of your mentors, some of the people you've leaned on in your coaching career that have helped get you to where you are today. Maybe even people you still lean on, you still call, you know, to, to look for advice or just, you know, yep. talk about, you know, your team and, and what you're doing. Yeah, well, the first one would be my dad. Um, he was a former high school that's coach. The, that's the best mentor to have. That's who your mentor should be. I agree. I agree. And um, he, he was old school. He was tough. Uh, I can remember uh, going and, 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 and watching his games and then being out on the court as a little kid, bouncing the ball around after the games and stuff. Uh, he was, this was when he was in the, uh, head coach at Atchison High School in Atchison, Kansas. And uh, he actually won a state championship back in 1969. And, um, and so I, every, a lot of the stuff I do is from him. I, shoot, I, I call him after every game. Uh, and give him the rundown uh, of of what happened and and this and that and then he and my mom they come out for about two weeks every year over Christmas to uh, to see some games and he comes to every practice and, and he he sits on the bench uh, as an assistant and uh, I mean he he still will you know 
coach him up. <laughs> you know, I told him, I said, you know, I mean, and he's 82 right now, but he doesn't look like it, doesn't act like it, you know, and, uh, but that would be the first and foremost. And then, and then I, you know, I was fortunate to work with some good guys, work for a guy at, at Emporia State University named Ron Slaymaker, uh, who, who's a legend there. Uh, they, they named the court after him a few years back. Uh, Mark Simons, like I alluded to earlier at Elon, was, uh, I learned some stuff from him when I went back to Emporia State as an assistant there and a compliance coordinator. I uh, worked for a guy named Mark uh, Comstock and uh, really probably developed my defensive mindset from him uh, uh, because he was a very defensive-minded coach and had a lot of good defensive drills that I still do today. Um, and then I've got, I've got some, some coaching uh, buddies of mine throughout the years, high school and college, uh, that, that I still stay in touch with. Uh, there's three guys that, that I go to the Final Four with every year, and I think Brian has, has ran into us oh, yeah. on, on numerous, numerous occasions at the Final Four. A um, <laughs> guy named Joe Pashota, who's the head coach at uh, Siena Heights uh, University in Michigan. A uh, guy named Brian Holbright, who's the head coach at Kilgore Junior College in Texas. Uh, actually, Brian and I were both GAs at Emporia State together, so that's where we started. And then a guy named Adam Chaskin, who has since gotten out uh, of coaching, but uh, was with uh, Fran McCaffrey at uh, North Carolina A&T, UNC Greensboro, Siena. Uh, and then when Fran went to, when Fran went to Iowa, Adam decided to, to, to get out and, and kind of concentrate on his family. But, um, you know, I, I talk to those guys regularly, too. Um, so, that, you know, I, there's a lot of guys, but those would be the main ones probably. I'm struck by your, your, your first answer with your dad. I'm, I'm thinking back to the time, like I grew up playing golf and going out to the driving range with my dad and he would say something. I'm like, dad, I don't want to hear it. Like I, I just, just could not receive any kind of, of coaching from him. And he's the most gentle guy. God rest his soul, love him to death. And I was thinking, very, why didn't I just listen to him? So I just think that's so fantastic that you still welcome your dad in are able to hear him. He's able to hear you. That just sounds like such a, a special connection over basketball it just sounds, and I can see you running around when he's, he's coaching. I can see a little Ty Baumgartner running around as a little kid <laughs> at practice. I just, I just, I love that story a lot. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good memories. That's right. That's right. All right, Ty, you know, the name of the podcast is the greatest game. So at this point in the show, we wanted you to take us into the gym, into the arena, wherever this greatest game was and give us as much background information, make us feel, I know you're going to do this, make us feel like you were like, we were there for your greatest game. <laughs> I want the sweat dripping oh, off. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, um, when, when Brian, when you, when you, uh, contacted me about doing this um, and, and gave me the just of it and, and the, the greatest game. I mean, th this game popped into my head immediately. And, and, and I mean, it's just, there's just no other game uh, that, that would ever pop into my head. And that's uh, in 2013, when I was at Olympic high school, we, we won the state championship. Uh, and so the state championship game that year is, is the greatest game for me. Um, for a multitude of reasons, uh, you know, obviously one, cause you know, we won the state championship and then that's, um, you know, that's incredibly hard to do. I don't think sometimes coaches realize how hard that is. I mean, you, you, you gotta have, in my opinion, to win a state championship, you've, you've got to have three things happen. One, you do have to be very talented Two, 
you have to have a little luck somewhere along the way, especially in the playoffs, in the one game situation. And then three, you got to stay healthy. And, um, and so um, that year when we won it, we also went undefeated, which is, you know, that's, that's almost unheard of anymore for teams to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we finished 30 and 0. Um, we finished ranked number five in the country uh, by max preps. I think we were number 11 by uh, USA Today. Um, it, it is without a doubt the, the most special team I've ever been around in my life. Um, just the, the togetherness, the unselfishness of that group. Um, I've just never seen anything like it. Um, and, and we, and we were good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we had great chemistry and great leadership, but I mean, we were talented. I mean, we had six guys average double figures, um, had, uh, four of those guys, four or five of those guys go on to play, uh, college basketball, um, or the, the MVP of the, uh, of the, uh, tournament or of the state tournament, state title game was a kid named Darice Parks who ended up playing at Western Carolina. Uh, BJ Gladden was the MOP of the, uh, of the championship game. He ended up playing at Georgia Southern. Uh, we had a junior guard named CJ Jackson that played at, uh, ended up playing at Ohio state. Uh, we had a wing named Dante Simmons who played at Campbell university for football, just a freak athlete. Uh, I had another wing named Trey Mitchell, uh, that, that played at an NAI school, uh, William Woods in, in Missouri. Um, and, uh, then we had a, just an, dynamic point guard named Javon Patton, uh, who, um, started at Loyola, Maryland, um, Loyola, Maryland, and then finished at, uh, Pfeiffer. Uh, and he averaged six assists, one turnover a game. I mean, so, I mean, we just, you know, it was a special group, but the, the other reasons it was the greatest game was one, uh, it was played in the Dean Dome. At, at the University of North Carolina. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know this, Dean Smith is from Emporia, Kansas, my, my hometown. My hometown. University of Kansas? Absolutely. Yes. 52 and, and so, national championship team? Beg your pardon? 52 national championship team? Uh, yeah, I think you might be right. I think you might be right. I'm not sure exactly. A fact checker. Check that if I got that right. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm, impressed. I'm, okay, you got it. You got it. Come uh, on. Come so, on. So, so that was really special. Um, having my, my dad on the bench with me for that game was incredibly special. Uh, and, and like I mentioned before, knowing that he had already won a state title as a head coach. Um, and then the team we beat, uh, Broughton High School out of Raleigh, uh, it, it was like almost a home game for them uh, because Chapel Hill is just down the road from Raleigh. And they had just an unbelievable student section behind their goal that just went all, I mean, all the way up to the top. And they all had white shirts on. I mean, it was just, it was really cool. And, uh, you know, nobody knew it at the time, but that team ended up having two NBA players on. Uh, Their point guard was Devontae Graham. Uh, who went to Kansas, by the way. Went to Kansas. I was going to say, went to Kansas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they had a, uh, another guard named Jerome Robinson uh, who went to uh, Boston College, and then I'm not sure where he's at in the NBA right now. And I mean, I, think, I know he's in the NBA. But then they had, they had a couple other. They had, um, the head coach at NC State at that time was Mark Godfrey. And his son was on that team, and he was a good player. Uh, they had another kid that was going to, I believe, Loyola of 
Chicago or Loyola Marin, something like that. I mean, they, they were talented and they were good. And, it, and so, but, um, so <clears throat> game starts out and, and we like to play fast. I mean, that's how we, we averaged, I think it was 89 points a game that year. I mean, we just, we went and we would just go, go, go. And we pressed and, I mean, we'd score 10 points in 15 seconds sometimes. I mean, we just bang, hit a three, steal layup, get by Rackman or press, steal three. I mean, you know, it's just like bang, 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 bang. Because uh, we had, you know, six guys averaging double figures. I mean, <laughs> we had guys that could put the ball in the basket. Uh, and, and we also had guys that could shoot. And um, so, you know, the Dean Dome, that's a college court. <laughs> <laughs> and so they ain't like some of them rinky-dink courts that we played on in Charlotte and in some other places in, in North Carolina. So we got out of the gates early and tried to run, but we just we could never get the tempo we really wanted. And I think the court size probably had a little bit to do with that because Broughton wanted to run a little bit too. But so, you know, we, we, I don't think we ever trailed in the game. It was always nip and tuck. Um, and then start of the second half, we go up nine. Looks like we, we're, we're about ready to – you know, do what we did to most of the teams all year, and that's go on a, a run and put them away. And um, to their credit, which they had done the entire state playoff, they just kept fighting back. Like all their wins were come from behind wins. And so they chipped away, chipped away, and uh, oh, with like about a minute, 45, two minutes to go, uh, Devontae Graham hits a pull-up three that ties it. And that place is erupting. I mean, it's just nuts. And if you're, you know, and if you're a, you know, if you're, you know, and obviously this is a Dean Dome, so I mean, it's not going to be that loud. But I mean, like I said, Broughton was like 25 minutes away. So they had a crowd now. Now we had a good crowd too, because uh, Olympic had never won a state title in anything. Uh, and so this was, this was a big deal for, for our community. But uh, if you were just an innocent bystander watching that game when, when Graham hits that three to tie it up, you had to be thinking, that's it, Olympics done. These dudes have got momentum. They're doing what they've done all state tournament. They've come back and just won at the end. True to our form, I, mean, you know, I call timeout. Our guys walk to the bench, and you, you would have thought we were up 20. I mean, they weren't phased a bit. And they sit down in the huddle. We talk about what we want to do. We come back out of the huddle, bam, drill like a 25-foot three. Dereese Parks hit the three, and, and we never trailed the rest of the night. We hit three hit free throws and, and ended up winning by three. Uh, they, did cut it to, they did cut it to one with, uh, with three seconds left, but we ran a kind of a tricky inbounds play to get it in that they had no idea what was going on. And, and uh, by the time they fouled us, it was like point, uh, I think one second left, so – um, you know, we made both free throws and then, and that was it. But, um, you know, it was just, it was an, it was an incredible ride. Uh, one I'll never forget. And, and the, the previous two years, we were arguably the best team in the state. Uh, we had gone 28 and two, the, you know, both of the previous two years were ranked number one going into the state tournament and, uh, got beat both years in the elite eight. Uh, and one year we got upset. I mean, we, 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 we should have won it. Um, and so for us to, you know, kind of the third time's a charm to do it. Um, and, and we, and believe it or not, we weren't even the most talented team in the state that year. Uh, everybody was talking about this team, uh, out of Winston-Salem, Mount Tabor, and they, they were, they were very talented and, uh, and got a great coach in Andy Muse. And, uh, we played them in the state semifinals and, um, 
uh, you know, kind of true to our form. We just did what we did all year and, and, and ended up beating them late in the game. Uh, but that, but they were, they were very talented. So special year, special game, uh, man, just, it, it's, it's giving me chills just telling you guys about it. Um, it, it you know, the things that, that, that took place in that game and took, took place throughout that season were, you know, just, it was like the perfect storm, the perfect storm. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, you, you only get those – you probably only get those teams once in a lifetime. But, no, you but, do. Uh, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Quickly, I, I, I got two quick trivia questions for Brian. He's one for one, so I got to stump him here. Oh, boy. I got to stump him. Right. What former Gamecock went to Mount Tabor High School? Well, that'd be the great John Land. Okay, okay. Two for two. You're going to be 0 for three here. I mean, two for three. <laughs> what? Thanks all for the confidence, Chris. What oh, my all time – I don't get it. All-time basketball great, white guy, SEC player, Naismith Hall of Famer, went to Broughton High School. Wait, what was the first part of the question again? All-time great, all-time basketball great, white guy, played in the SEC. I know Hall this. Hall of Famer. I mean, one of the all-time greats. All-time. Can you use it in a sentence? I'm just kidding. I'm, uh, anyway, yeah, go ahead, Blas. What you got? Or Ty, what you got? Pete Merriman. Pistol Pete Merriman. Oh, man. He went to Broughton. Oh, okay. Well, he, yeah. went to Dan- he went to Daniel, actually, right. his freshman year, I believe, and then Broughton. Okay. When his dad went up to NC State. His dad was at Clemson and went up to NC State. Shavlik Randolph. You remember Shavlik Randolph? Shavlik Randolph, yes, from Duke. He, yeah. He's from Broughton. And then uh, John Wall actually started, I believe, at Broughton. Who did? John Wall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Coach, what I wanted to ask you about the game. So you talked about you're playing Broughton. Yep. from Raleigh in Chapel Hill. So you know going into the game, they're going to have this crowd, this atmosphere. What was your and your team's confidence level? Obviously, you were undefeated. Was there anything you said to them or, was you know, maybe not right before the game, but leading up to the game, knowing you were going to be almost in a road atmosphere for a state championship game? Uh, you know what? Um, no, not really. I mean, we, you know, I know this is very cliches, but – you know, we just treated it like the next game. Even even though it <laughs> this ain't really the next game. You know, this is this is dang state title, boys. Um, but you know, I mean, we did talk about that a little bit. That you know, they're they're going to have a huge crowd. Uh, you know, we're we're, we're going to have to weather that at some point. Uh, but you know, playing in Charlotte, man, that that prepares you for anything uh, because the the basketball in Charlotte is so good. And the gyms in Charlotte are so small and so hot and so packed that hostile environments, loud environments, uh, that, that was nothing new to us. And like I said, I mean, we'd been the best team in the state for the past three years. So we had a target on our back forever. Uh, and, and, and some of those seniors, uh, you know, this was their third year going through that. You know, they were sophomores on varsity. And so it was like no big deal to them. And so I didn't really have to say much at all. You know, um, I can remember even the pregame talk. I mean, very, very matter of fact, calm, subdued. I remember, you know, I can remember looking in their faces and just, you know, these guys, they're not going to be phased. <laughs> they're just not going to be phased. They're just, they're too tight. They're too together. They trust each other too much. You know, and, and that went with, with even the guys on the bench. I mean, we had some good guys on the bench. Everybody knew their role. That was huge. Um, 
and and you know they they all were just for about one thing and that was winning winning um so special group uh had had some special assistance to uh jay johnson and, and chris hemphill uh coach johnson was with me for for all 10 years there at Olympic and, and helped, uh, he and I built that. And, uh, and uh, Coach Hemphill came on uh, last couple, last few years there. And, um, you know, we just, it, it was a special group of people all the way around. Well, I was telling Chris before you joined the call, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Ty Baumgartner fanboy. Like, let's just be honest. Okay. And, <laughs> and so, <laughs> but that's just what you do is you build wherever you go, you build. And I'm looking at another article here from Langston words that uh, ranked the top 10 basketball, all time basketball teams in Mecklenburg County. And y'all uh, chimed in at number 10. I'd like to see number one through nine. Cause I, it is from what you're describing uh, you, again, you had some dudes on that team, but yeah. it was the first, if this article is correct, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, the first major state championship for Olympic in, in a major sport. Now, they may have won it in a, I don't want to say a, a lesser sport, but to be able to win it in a major sport, like that's a, that's a big deal. And we were able to do it at, at Ridgeview, um, you know, with, with, in boys basketball a few years ago, and we'd won some yeah. other state championships and some other sports, but you know, in football, baseball, basketball, those types of sports, it's, that's not easy to do. So can you tell us a little bit about that and just that building process and what you did there? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, there's, there's only been two state championships in the history of Olympic high school. Uh, the one that we won in basketball. And then prior to that, I think it was in 1988, they won in, uh, I think at that time it was called slow pitch softball. Mm. Um, and so, um, but you know, when, when I took the job, obviously when I took the job at Waddell, I mean, you have nowhere to go, but, uh, because it's a brand new school. So it's the first year. So, you know, you're just, you're excited, you're implementing, everything is new. Uh, but, but my three years at Waddell, uh, we played Olympic every year. And I just, I just felt like if that job opens, I, I'm going to go after it because I think it's a sleeping giant. And, um, and from day one, when, when we got in there, um, you know, we just, we rolled up our sleeves and we went to work. And, and um, they always had talent. They just needed structure. They needed discipline. They needed direction. They needed to know that someone cared about them and was going to push them. And um, and so that's you know that's just kind of how I've always been, and and that's kind of how we built that. And then uh, when I went to Collins Hill, I mean uh, they they had been okay, not great, but just kind of same blueprint there and uh we, we were we, we were successful there uh, we actually won the, the region championship there only the second one ever in school history my second year there um and so um you know it's uh it's it's not easy sometimes but but what <laughs> it does help when you have some talent <laughs> and, and some and some pretty uh athletic players all right, coach uh we're gonna wrap it up here we like to finish with this final question you you coached Emporia, Elon, Waddell, Collins, all these places, all these kids you've coached. If I asked a kid that played for you at Emporia 20-something years ago and I asked a kid that played for you this year, Jackson County, what's the one thing they would say that Coach Baumgartner always says? There's something <laughs> – because all of us do it. We all repeat something over and over again. 
one coach actually told us who I forget who it was. Brian told us their wife told him, "You say this over and over again." Yeah, and he didn't <laughs> realize. Hard to believe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that one thing you find yourself saying over? It could be a pearl of wisdom. It could be a teaching point. It, you know. Oh boy! Well, there's probably a couple things I can't say on air. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, probably just just work hard. You know, work hard in everything you do, uh, whether it's on the court or off the court. You know, give 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 a maximum effort. Uh, you know, I've got all all kinds of different you know, sayings that I say throughout the year, but, you know, like I said, some of them are, are probably prefaced with some, some words I probably uh, shouldn't say on air, but, um, you know, I, prob probably that is, is just, you know, work hard, work hard. You work hard, good things are going to happen. Well, your, your guys do that, Ty. And like <laughs> I said, just from uh, a moment of uh, a young Public address, budding public address announcer, which I never got hired again to do it. Maybe that says a lot about my public address announcing abilities. Um, but from being able to watch your team back then to, to see your guys do what you're doing now, and I've got full confidence in, in, in Jackson County basketball and wherever you go, it, uh, your kids are going to play hard and, and do it the right way. And one other story I'm going to tell you, too, that I, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I'm going to try to embarrass you a little bit with this one. When you did bring your guys to Collins Hill, from Collins Hill to the Bojangles Bash a few years ago, uh, you had your guys, I think they were wearing shirts and ties or coats and ties or something or sitting up in the corner of their gym. Shirt and tie, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And our, and our principal, uh, Dr. Brenda Mack Foxworth, who's super supportive of athletics at Ridgeview, love working for her. She came to me and said, Rose, who's that up there? I said, that's, that's Kyle and Seals. She's like, ooh, I like that. You know, just, the, just those kids sitting there, the way they were looking, the way they were behaving. And it just, again, just the, the greatest compliment, like you said earlier, to be able to be told that your kids played hard, but also that your kids are acting the right way. And I just, you know, just have always respected you, always love being around you, and just, uh, just can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Man, I, I appreciate that, Brian. I appreciate both, both you guys for having me. And, uh, wow, this, this was fun. This was really fun. <laughs> oh, cool. We'll, we'll have you back here, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll hear, hear more about some other greatest games. But for this episode, we'll go ahead and button it up. So for my co-host, Chris de Blasio, I am Brian Rosefield, and thank you for listening to this episode of The Greatest Games.